Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 553. In today's podcast, my guest and I are talking about clearing your blocks. We touch on things like energy centers, chakras, maybe this is something you are familiar with or not. But what you are going to learn about is that when you deal with the inside game, everything external changes with it. The manifestations, the desires you want come a whole lot easier when you do this work. Welcome to today's podcast interview. I brought on Sarah Bright. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much, Heather. It's great to be here. We are talking something new today that we haven't, I don't think that I've really deep dived with a former uh, guest or interviewee, but before we dive into chakras and energy and manifesting, please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Sure. I live in Fairfax, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., I spend a lot of my time in the fitness and wellness space, uh, but not just your physical wellness, but also your emotional and spiritual wellness, because I think those are some of the missing components to what people want when they think about their wellness and health. You know, that's something for years I've used the term trifecta. And for me, whether it's, you know, finding that romantic relationship. I want the trifecta. I don't just want the physical connection, but for me, a trifecta, and especially what you're talking about wellness in the body is I think of mind, body, spirit. And like we talked about in our pre-call, especially the health and wellness industry, I think it's a billion, if not trillion dollar well, industry. At least. Yeah. Right. But if we're so body focused, we're so external, but we never deal with the root cause then that's what's, oh, here, here's what's coming to mind. You know that meme, you can eat the kale, drink the alkaline water, do the yoga, but if you don't deal with going on in your head and your heart, you're still unhealthy. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I also offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part, everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming. That's 100% true. And you won't feel healthy either, right? The perfect body is not going to make you happy. I have 20 years in the fitness industry and hundreds of clients that can tell you that that is not the thing that will make you happy. Um, as much as I think the fitness industry would love us to believe that it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's, so I do a lot of work on mindset, a lot of work on um, spiritual development to people who are open to that. Uh, because if we're spiritually empty, 
we'll never be happy no matter if the body is perfect or we wear this, whatever perfect means. I don't even know what that means anymore. It doesn't like, it's not like, it's not really a thing, but um, yes. So I do a lot of work with my clients on their emotional health as well as their physical health. Okay. We're going to go down the emotional health side. What you just touched on though, can you explain if somebody's new to this, what does that spiritual aspect mean? I think it can mean so much, so many different things to so many different people. But I do believe that the human uh, brain and heart is wired to want to be part of something that is larger than yourself. We want to be connected, whether that's connected to um, a small community, maybe that's connected to all of humanity that could be connected to the universe or to uh, whatever you see as divine. That could be, I want to feel that deeper connection to my authentic self. And I think one of the, some of the greatest work we do as humans is trying to find out who we are authentically and then live that. And that is spiritual development as well. You know, speaking of that authentic, I just want to share from my perspective and I'd love to hear yours. I think for me, my sort of wake up call was, again, if we get into subconscious mind and cultural programming and conditioning, you know, especially in the Western world, we're conditioned, you have to go to college and get a degree and find that good job and work for 40 plus years to retire and then live the good life. And I did it. I followed what I'm conditioned to do. But I had this deep internal nudge. There was I, I was meant for more. I was supposed to be doing something else. And here's what I found out. My wake-up call was the American dream was not my dream. And so I'd love to hear from you. What does authentic self mean to you? The authentic self to me is the part of you that is unchanging. That's the part of you that holds certain values um, as non-negotiables. The, like for you leaving that corporate job and finding the freedom um, that, you know, freedom, that's something that's the core of you. And is for me too. So I totally resonate with that. Um, Or maybe the core of you is, is family and those connections, but you're spending 60 hours a week at the office. And then you're thinking, oh, I'm providing for my family. Okay. Well, yes, that's a very material provision. Where's the emotional provision? So You say, you know, we have to work all these years and then live the good life. And I think our authentic selves want to live the good life now in this moment. How do we make right now the good life? Why do we keep putting it off? And I don't mean that in any sort of like hedonistic material way. I mean, why are we delaying our, our happiness and our inner peace to take place in retirement? Like, let's find out let's live our authentic selves now because that's how we're going to find that peace that we actually want. You know, like a 401k is amazing. It's not really an inner peace generator necessarily. Um, So I think that's what authentic self is to me is like finding what your values are and then making sure that all of the things that you do on the outside match the authentic self on the inside. Would Would you agree then that a lot of people's suffering and unfulfillment and going through life's motions is because kind of they're they're chasing somebody else's definition of success or what they should be doing? Totally. Totally. Like everything that you think of as not being enough or good enough about you is a story that somebody else has put on you, right? And 
Who says college is the answer? Who says a great job is the answer? Maybe that is not the answer for you. Yeah. Um, and the your your poor spirit, your poor heart are constantly trying to give you messages when you wake up and you're like, oh, I just don't know if I can go to work today. That's a little message saying, change something, yeah. dig deeper, right? Instead of pushing out into the world, maybe spend some time turning around and looking inside. And it can be super, super scary to do that. I'm not saying that this is like, oh, here's the easy solution. Just yeah. dig deep into yourself, right? Like it's rough, but in the end, that is that uh, for, uh, for example, I have relatively recently left, I think you will relate to this, but like left a very steady job because I, it wasn't the right job for me. Right. Yeah. It was very steady and it was, it paid well, et cetera, but it wasn't for me. What I needed to be doing was living my truth yeah. and living what my body and my heart and my my energy, my spirit knew was the truth of my purpose in this world and what I was doing at the job, wouldn't it? Well, and let's talk about that. It's the the discomfort. And I think we all, human nature is to be comfortable. And so we, you know, people, big fear of failure is because they don't want to fail. Where I've learned, actually, I embrace it. Those butterflies and the anticipation and the adrenaline I get in my physical body, that's actually my clear indicator I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. So the saying I use is I've let, I've learned to let fear fuel me, not rule me. And you're right. It's freaking uncomfortable. It's terrible. But also, listen, if you're uncomfortable and you don't like where you are and you feel like you're suffering and you're stuck, you're already uncomfortable. Yeah. So you might as well choose an uncomfortable that's going to get you what you want. Yeah. I mean, like it, life is going to be uncomfortable. So instead of sitting in a place that you hate, why not sit in a place that you love? You're going to be uncomfortable either way. Well, and I think it comes down to it's a perspective shift, right? Totally. Just shifting yeah. that perspective. And, and even for me, here's a simple one. You know, like, oh, I have to do laundry. No, I get to do laundry. I have to go. No, I get to go to the gym, right? I'm physically able. So here's what I want to ask about from you. Something we're kind of touching on is the idea of we all have intuition, intuitive nudges. I believe we're always being guided, but most people, you know, are so full of chaos, living in autopilot, busy, that they're not creating the space to get the guidance, to get the clear direction, get the clarity and the freedom they seek. Do you have anything you can offer someone new to this or even just a, a new way of thinking and being to tune in, to tap into that guidance? That's one of the primary things that I, I think we are going to talk about today is how do we use the chakra system to clear out all of that energy so that there is space mm -hmm. in your body and your spirit, in your energy channels to hear that intuition, to be able to receive the messages from the universe. And so that's what I do with a lot of my clients is how do we, how do we clear that out? All of those stories, all of that stuff that's cluttering up your aura. Um, yeah. How do we get rid of it? And and make the make room for all of the new things that the universe would love to send your way if only you had room. So that's that's what I use the the chakra system for. Yeah, and we're gonna deep dive it, and that literally makes me think. So, as an example, when a client, I primarily work with male entrepreneurs, business owners, 
But when they're telling me they're overwhelmed or they're unclear, that's the first thing I ask them. What's your office look like? What's your desk look like? Because your external environment, if it's full of chaos and clutter, is a direct reflection of inside. And think about that, right? If your desk is messy, it, it doesn't feel good. Think about the energy and the it's stagnant and, and we procrastinate and do all these things. But even then, l- let's talk about the emotions and our energy centers. When we're cluttered and stagnant energy inside, those are creating blocks in our life. Yeah, absolutely. Um so I don't know how much how familiar you are with chakras. So maybe we'll do like a little like overview of that and then sort of okay. get into it. Yeah. So I think the chakras are known by uh, several different names. Some people simply call them energy centers. Uh, a lot of people have seen the picture of the person maybe sitting in lotus with sort of the rainbow colors going up the middle of their spine. Right. That's sort of a a high level way of looking at chakras. They are energy centers. Um, I like to think of them as the place where Uh, the veil between our physical bodies and our emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies is the thinnest, where crossover Mm -hmm. is the easiest. And that's why um, it's very helpful to look at each one individually and then look at them as a whole, because that's where we're sort of exchanging our energies with the unseen. Um, And so the word chakra just simply translates to a disc or wheel, uh, that's that's what that means because it's usually visualized as a, a wheel, uh, sometimes spinning light, um, and each one is associated with body parts, with a nerve complex, with various organs. Um, it can be associated with uh, certain psychological issues. Uh, so it's it really addresses the the holistic person. So when when we're doing this work to clear it out, at least I start with the root. Um, because although we'd love to receive those downloads from the universe, if it's all blocked up in there, we started the root, right? What, let's just talk about what we're afraid of. Root, the root chakra, when it's balanced, is where you feel safety and security and your strength, the inner strength, your authentic self. But that gets all blocked up when we start to have fears. And anytime you're trying to create something, there's fear around it. If there wasn't fear around it, you'd already have it. I think that um, is pretty typical in the manifestation space. Yeah. Um, yeah. Time out. Just so um, for those who like me are very visual, can we talk about where that is in the body part? So isn't the root your tailbone? Yep. Right down there, sort of at the the very, you can think of it as the tip of your tailbone right down there um, at the bottom of your pelvis. Yes. Um, and that's where our fear can sort of live. That's where we start to have self-doubt. And I think one of the most important ways to start clearing that out is simply acknowledging that we have fear instead of trying to pretend we don't. This is not a society that encourages a whole lot of like, tell me what you're afraid of. Let's, you know, nobody wants to seem vulnerable or weak, but acknowledge that you have fear and then start to identify it. What are you afraid of? Okay. You're fear. You're afraid of failure. All right. What about failure? Because failure itself doesn't matter. What we're afraid of is how we're going to feel when we fail. Are we going to feel rejected? Are we going to feel isolated? Are we going to feel um, like we don't belong? Or that, or is that going to reinforce the story that we're not good enough to try the thing that we wanted to try? Why are we, af- are we fe- afraid of being rejected, right? What are you afraid of feeling? That's the work in the root chakra. And it's so interesting because a lot of times if you can really pinpoint 
exactly what you're afraid of, the feeling you're afraid of. It autom- it just loosens up so much stuff in your body. And you're just like, oh, instead of letting it be this amorphous fear that just grows and grows um, without any sort of understanding of what it is, when you can pinpoint it, you can really start to understand um, how to manage it, how to deal with it. And that's the root chakra work, right? That's going to start knocking things loose. Um, it's also very scary because you'll have to really look at yourself um, yeah. and see why you're afraid. And then you can have, you can look back. Why am I afraid of failure? Oh, because I'm afraid when I was a kid, I was afraid if I failed that my parents wouldn't love me. Right. And whether that's true or not, if that's what you believed, it's true for you. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of internal work that goes on just at that root chakra. Then we move up into the sacral chakra, which is sort of right between your pelvis. It's uh, where you might think of like your reproductive organs lying. It's a seat of creativity, but also of emotions. All right. So we've identified you're afraid of failure. You're afraid of rejection. You're afraid of abandonment. All right. Let's feel that. What does that feel like to you? How does that feel in your body? Don't push it away. Hold on to it. Does it feel cold in your stomach? Does it feel like sweaty palms? Does it feel like a fluttering heart? Does it feel like a weight on your shoulders? What does it feel like to feel the feeling that you're afraid of feeling? And that's going to be uncomfortable. We were talking about that earlier. It's so uncomfortable and scary, you know, so do it privately or do it with a therapist or a coach. Yeah. What does that feel like? What is that feeling? And if we remember not to fuel it, we remember to to just feel it, it dissipates a little faster. I just wanted to share what came to mind. So I, I've done, I don't know, three and a half years or more of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and attended his events and sat through meditation. And what I love, and I'll, I'm going to be totally honest and transparent, but through one of my events, I went to his He teaches you have to sit through the fire of discomfort. And there I was sitting through impatience, frustration. I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it good enough. All that I call, you know, that monkey mind, that mind chatter. I had to sit through that. And here's what I found. We could talk about resistance, right? Whatever you resist persists. And if I just gave it the space to, I love uh, one of my coaches years ago, he said, you have to feel it to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Feel feel it it to heal it. it. Mm hmm. And the, when you can let go of the resistance and just like it wants to be seen, hurt, felt, and it goes. Yeah. And then you're like free of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's and uncomfortable. It, it, oh, it's it's very uncomfortable, but it won't go away. It will just sit in your body. It'll just yeah. sit there. And for in my work, it just sits down in those lower two chakras, kind of making a terrible, vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, it's like when you procrastinate something. And then you finally, finally do it and it takes you five minutes and all of a yeah. sudden you feel so much better. And you're like, why didn't I do this a week ago? Because I could have been feeling this sense of relief, this sense of freedom yeah. all week instead of this sense of dread. That's what, that's what fear is. Yeah. You can, you can rid yourself of the fear. You can rid, because it's always the fear of the emotion. It's rarely fear of the thing itself. You know, it's, it's fear of fear. It's fear of rejection. It's, uh, it's even fear of success. Mm-hmm what does success mean and what does success look like? How do you anticipate that being received in the world? What will happen then, right? You can be afraid of being seen. That's the work you got to do. And then you got to address that fear. So like those two bottom energy centers, those two bottom chakras are absolutely key. And I'll say 
I wish it was like a checklist where you could go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, done. Yeah. And that'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of times you spend, uh, you spend a bit of time clearing all that, the lower chakra stuff out. Um, then we move up to the solar plexus chakra, which sits kind of just above your belly button, um, right at the lowest end of your rib cage. That's your, that's your solar plexus. And in the chakra world, we think of that as the seat of action. It's your right to act toward your highest good, toward the thing that brings authenticity into your life. And you have a fundamental right as a human being to take steps toward your highest good. Um, and that's where I ask my my clients or my listeners, pick one tiny little thing. It could scare you. One tiny little action that you can take and then do it, even if it scares you, especially if it scares you. Go yeah. do one little thing because what that does is you say, I'm going to do this, this thing, and then you do it. It could be simple, like if it's an entrepreneur, buying that website domain, that can be real scary to click purchase, yeah. right? Like finding that thing, but it builds self-trust because you made a promise to yourself and then you executed on it. And then all of a sudden your root chakra goes, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm doing okay. I can trust me. So then you start building that foundation. Now you have a little bit more um, self-trust, self-belief, uh, efficacy in your root chakra. And that helps relieve a little of the fear. So your sacral chakra is a little bit happier. Oh, then you can take another step and it gets a little bit easier. Hmm. Uh, so that's sort of how these things start to build on each other, right? You can see that this chain is, is clearing on its way up, right? Then we get into what I think is what I consider kind of the more fun stuff. Move up into the heart chakra. That's, of course, right there in the center of your chest, right where you'd expect it to be. And that's our seat of love our right to love, our right to be loved. And again, I, I think it's really important that we recognize that our very existence in this world guarantees us the right to love and to be loved. That is not something that you have to earn. That is not something that um, that you owe to people, right? You, Your very existence means that you can love and you are lovable. That's the heart, that's the work of the heart chakra. Finding that gratitude. Are we grateful for the things that we have? You know, when we say, oh, what do we want in life? I love when people have like half of the list of the things they want in life are things that they already have, right? Wanting what you have, being grateful for what you have allows you to feel that vibration of being grateful for the things that are coming to you and the work that you've done by taking those little steps, building self-trust, feeling your fear, allow you to be grateful and trust in the universe because you've sort of let some of that, um, you sort of process through some of that uh, self-doubt in your lower chakras. How are, are we doing so far, Heather? We're good. So yeah. the heart, it's a big one I want to talk about. Uh, something I have on my website is called the life assessment. And I just ask people to rank one to 10, the different major life buckets. And they're a very strong correlation. Most people, they're romantic. I I see on average a four or lower. So people are very unhappy romantically in a relationship they're in or, or want to be in one. A while back, are you familiar with Dr. Bradley Nelson? Yeah, I think so. A little bit. The Sounds familiar. Code. Tell me more. The emotion oh, yes. code. Emotion code. Yes. hundred so percent. The reason I'm bringing his work up is he talks about a heart wall. Yes. I, 
several months. So again, think about, you know, so many people are all about needing to protect themselves. It's not safe, which is what you're talking about. And so we are blocking the very thing we want by having, think of it, um, even like I'm seeing like prison bars, uh, one of my clients months ago, I literally talking with him. I'm just so visual, but talking with him, I was like, I'm going to keep names anonymous, but client, I literally imagine you in a castle with a moat around you and you're, you have such a barrier keeping all that you want out. So can we talk about heart wall or the different blocks? And because, and, and ultimately I think it comes down to feeling unworthy. Yes. Yes, it does. For most people, it does. So the heart is such an interesting energy center because it, when we think of the seven main chakras, it's the one that sits in the middle. You have three below and three above. And it has the unique responsibility of balancing sort of the mental uh, and spiritual aspects of us with the physical and emotional aspects of it, right? Of us, right? So that's where that balance comes. But it's also... It's also the space where we interact with our outside world, our, where our internal circumstances meet our external circumstances. And a lot of the time, those aren't necessarily in sync, right? We what, we what we want isn't in sync with the external world, but people get hurt. And it does. Life can be very painful. And there can be a lot of very legitimate things that hurt you and traumatize you and, and, and damage you know, and cause trauma to that heart chakra. And so much of the time, our response is to shut down and pull in. Mm. But that takes away the incredible opportunity of the heart chakra to accept love, right? I talked about loving, which is a thing that a lot of people are very, very good at, at loving others, uh, loving pets, loving children, loving friends, loving family. They're very good at giving all of that love and pushing love into the world, but that constant outward push means that there's not a lot of space for receiving. Um, and I, you know, if manifestation is anything, it's it's the willingness to receive. Right. And so when we start either shutting the whole heart chakra system down and saying, I'm not going to love anybody because it's going to hurt too bad, or I'm going to push love out in the desperate hope that someone will see me and love me back. We're not creating that openness, that balance, that flow in and out yeah. that lets us have those romantic relationships, friendships, any sort of relationship at all. We don't have the openness because we're constantly pushing out or holding back. Right. And that is a super challenging um, thing to overcome. And it goes back to that fear cycle, right? So much of the time we're working up, working up, working up, clearing up this energy channel. And then we're like, whoops, I'm going to have to drop back down to my root chakra because I just found something else yeah. that I'm a little bit afraid of. Right. And so we just, you just do the work, you know, it's a daily practice. Um, it just takes patience. Well, and I think that's important to highlight. You know, I really think of this as I've created a new lifestyle. It's a new way of being. It's a new way of thinking and feeling. And for me, and, and something I, I really emphasize with clients is self-love and self-compassion. Mm -hmm. And because most people were so critical and judging ourselves and, oh my gosh, if we just loved ourselves and not arrogance, but true love, now this is open up. So let, let's move to the throat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, I love the concept of self-love because it's so 
it's just so difficult. Some people are like, well, I could never, I don't know. I can never love myself. I'm like, oh, try self-like. Yeah. <laughs> just try finding something about yourself that yeah. you like and enjoy. But yeah. And giving yourself grace, the things that people say to themselves and believe about themselves, they simply wouldn't tolerate coming from another person about a friend. You would never say those things about your friends or about your siblings. You just wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's remarkable the things that we, we say to ourselves. Um, that's, that's the work. Um, so up into the throat, the throat is the seat of expression, your, your right to speak and to be heard. Um, there's also a responsibility there to listen, to listen to others, to listen to the universe, to be open to messages that are coming your way. So there's a lot happening in the throat chakra, specifically for clearing yourself out. Um, one, I think, is speaking mindfully to the universe and to others about what you want in life. The universe and other people through the universe want to help you get what you want. That's just kind of how humanity and the universe works. They, We want to help you get the things you want. But if we don't know what they are, you might, we have, it's very difficult. So learning to speak that into the universe. I think the only sort of caution there is when we start to speak too much. I've had it myself where I wanted something so bad that I talked about it all the time. I just almost was excessive, desperate speaking to it. And yeah. then it starts, you know, that undercurrent of, of manic and panic right? And that's not a healthy throat chakra. Um, the other thing in the throat chakra to be mindful of there is that's where sort of lies and untruths can start to creep in when we're taught, when we're expressing, you know, oh, I'd like to manifest a new job. I'm, I'm not really good enough for it, but I'd really like to manifest a new job. Ooh, well, you just blocked yourself right there speaking about it. Um, because you don't even know if that's true. You can't possibly know if it's true if you're good enough for this job or not because you don't have that job, right? So watching out for lies that you tell yourself about your your intentions is very is key in your throat chakra. Um and the throat chakra is also responsible for the ears and one I one thing I think about manifesting is is paying attention. Listening to the things that are around you because opportunities are going to come. Um, but you got to be aware of them and listening for them and um, being ready to accept the, the messages that the universe is sending. Um, and that's all that all sits in the throat chakra. And it's super exciting because I think you would agree once you start noticing those signs, you're like, oh, my gosh, they're everywhere. Yes. Yes. And it, it can be it can be unreal and sort of just you're just like, am I making this up? What's happening? Right. When you start really. Yeah paying attention to all of the signs that are being sent your way. Then we move to the third eye chakra. And that is the seat of your internal vision, right? It's the third eye. That's our internal vision. It's your right to see. And there, that is your right to imagine anything that you want, anything that you'd like to create. That's where you get to do it. And you, we tend to limit ourselves. That's sort of the block that happens there. We start imagining things and we're like, oh, that can't possibly happen. We, I don't know. Has it happened for anybody ever? You know, like somebody does everything first. It could be you. Why not you? So really tapping into your capability 
to imagine, to see, to hear, to taste, to smell all of the possibilities of the future that you're creating. And that's what the third eye allows you to do. It also is the seat of really seeing your path, like letting yourself see where you want to go, right? You don't have to see the end of it, but seeing the path, you just need the next step, right? And that's that's the vision of the third eye. You know what I love about that one? So Bob Proctor always said, whatever you can, everything's created twice. And that whatever you can imagine in your mind, you can hold in your hand. And even on that note, that's exactly what I do as a perspective shift, like something, you know, a BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. If I can find evidence that somebody else has done it or somebody else has it, that is possible for me. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to, it could be literally anything because yeah. I I like to think about all the things that we do and have and ideas that we have now that were unimaginable, you know, a hundred years ago, but then somebody did imagine them and they were like, I, lo- I love the cell phone as an example. Like somebody was like, what if in your pocket you carried a device that contained the entire history of human knowledge? What? That's madness. Yeah. Somebody imagined it. Now look what we've got. Everything yeah. started out in somebody's imagination. Even the yeah. things that we think are the way things have always been started out in somebody's imagination. I always say, um, we you're living in somebody's imagination. It might as well be yours. Right? Yes. The world that we live in started out as somebody's imagination. The house you're living in started out as somebody's imagination. The systems that we operate in uh, the governmental structures that we have started out as somebody's imagination. Why not yours? Why not let your imagination be the one that you live in? Yeah. Right. That's, and so I love that about the third eye. It's one of my favorite things to, to sort of explore, like just how big can we get? Just let go of anything that you think is a practical uh, thing. Just let go of all that for now. Yeah. That's going to come in later, but right now just let go of all of that. What if I do live in a seven bedroom mansion on the beach. I don't know. Like that doesn't seem practical, but why not? Why not? Those things exist. Why not? Um, I don't even know if that's what, you know, I want, but the fact is I can imagine it. And then the the final step sort of in this clearing process, which you can definitely see is not linear. (laughs) Be nice if it was, but it's not. Um, The final step is, is that letting go is that detachment step, you know, you know your know your what know your why how and the when aren't your business mm-hmm. that's not that's not your responsibility you don't even need to know that it doesn't make any difference how and when that that'll get taken care of for you and so you know the crown chakra is your is your right to know and it's the it's the place where you connect to whatever it is that's the divine to you that's bigger than yourself that is that spiritual component we talked about earlier that's what that is. That's your portal to it. Hand over, hand it over to that. Let it go. You've done all that work. You've done all that clearing. Now let it go. Don't worry about it, which is so much easier said than done. But when you, I feel like when I was able to sort of get a handle on that step, I wouldn't say I've mastered it, but um, when I got a handle on that step, it literally became my favorite step of the process because I was like, oh, I did all of the things. I I did all of the work. I'm clear. And now I'm free to just live in this new reality that is coming to me. Um, And that's kind of a magical sensation. Plus, that's where the the sort of 
download manifestation current comes. Now you're cleared up, you've let go, and you've got all of that space in your energy centers for the universe to send in all of those things for you that then take it back down that chain and create it in reality, which is back down in the root chakra. You know, it's it's this beautiful synergistic process, um, but you got to just let go. What I'm imagining kind of like to summarize the chakras and, and the energy centers to understand. So from, you know, the base of the spine to the top of our head, that is your channel, that's your pipe. And so anywhere there's a clog, it simply comes down, I believe, self-awareness and emotional regulation. And like we touched on the self-love and self-compassion. But if we understood that how powerful we become when we do this work, because what I wrote down was, and, and what I've heard time and time again, that manifesting, if, if you had the belief and the clarity and all that, things happen, they can happen instantaneously. Startlingly we, fast. We think, like I currently have someone in my life and he's like, yeah, it's going to take me two years to do this. And then two, and I'm like, oh my God, number one, time is an illusion. But number two, like if you let go of all that 3D programming and understand that we are spiritual beings having a human experience with infinite potential like this could be a hell of a ride and a really good time yeah and, a, I, and feel good the whole time well and you know i think something to touch on which we did before recording is you know living in states of gratitude joy love happiness that those can be your natural states right yes and that is not to say that that will always that you'll always be happy. First of all, I don't want to be happy about every single thing that's happening in the world. I think that's weird. I yeah. think tragedies happen. I think bad things happen. And I don't want to be happy about those. Right. Like, so it's not that I expect myself to be happy and joyous and grateful for every single circumstance, but my natural internal state can be joy and happiness and peace. And that is how I can respond to those tragedies that happen in the world. You know, acceptance is not the same as tolerance, mm. right? I don't have to tolerate injustice. I accept that it's that it exists, but I don't have to tolerate it. But I also don't have to yell and scream and create misery inside that only contributes to the misery outside. Yeah. Can we touch on a little bit? Because, you know, I think we could go down a, a deep rabbit hole with this. But the idea, I don't think many people who have, quote, victim consciousness or that woe is me attitude. And I don't think they even understand that they've fallen into that. But can we just touch on and let people know, like, if you are going through life and, and nothing ever works out for you, and there's always drama, and there's always that they have the power to completely shift and have a, a whole new experience. Yeah, I think that that is like what you were saying earlier is a is a perspective shift because I I don't think that we should um necessarily be saying, "Oh, well, bad things are happening. I guess that's okay, right? Bad things are happening in the world." Um and there's not sometimes there's just not a way to reframe them as a good thing, right? What we do is we reframe our response to them. We yeah. reframe who we want to be in yeah. response to injustice, to tragedy, and who do you want to be? And that is the work. And I don't, for me, I don't want to be a person that that experiences 
an injustice and then says, oh, man, it's so awful to be me. I don't I don't I don't want to be that. I want to be a person that says that was a terrible external circumstance. I, on the other hand, live in my authentic self and the authentic Sarah responds to that with strength, with grace, with a strong sense of justice and a strong sense and a strong moral compass. That's who I am responding to the external circumstances. The external circumstances are not me, right? So even my body isn't even really me, right? Right. And so I, I think that's what you're asking. Like that's the, if you consider your external things, the things that happen to you to be you, that will cause additional suffering, right? Like that's a very sort of Buddhist comp- concept. Like there is suffering. Attachment is suffering. I attached to yeah. a victim identity. That doesn't mean you haven't been victimized, yeah. but you don't have to identify. That doesn't have to be part of the core of who you are. Um, and I try to be very mindful of knowing like that is a massive shift for some people in the world to whom really awful things have happened. And that's not like, oh, just look at your root chakra. Like you may need professional help to get through those kinds of things. But yeah, like understanding the difference between what happens to you and who you are. I think what's top of mind for me, whether it's work related or relationships, I had somebody ask me this this weekend. I literally sold something on Facebook marketplace and it was this young college guy and we were chatting and I was like, I have this podcast. And he's like, do you have any advice? I was like, that's a loaded question. Is there something specific? And he just broke up with his girlfriend of 14 months and he's this young kid. And so for me, the perspective and mentality I use, whether I remember back in the day when I was looking for jobs and interview after interview, and that can be very defeating or Mm. when relationships end, it can be defeating. But the mentality I take on is rejection is redirection. That not only is life happening for me, but I believe life is happening through me. So if I'm currently in a financial place, I don't want to be, oh, well, change my wealth consciousness, right? Change, understand those emotions, unworthiness, not enoughness that I'm blocking. So I guess that's more what I was meaning, not necessarily like the big things in, in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here, I mean, yeah, sure. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. I also specifically like with romantic relationships, we've talked a little bit about that, like breakups. Like it seems so difficult and tragic, but um, one of my favorite sayings is like, there is no such thing as one way liberation, right? Like if somebody breaks up with you to set themselves free, they have also set you free Mm. because they were not giving a hundred percent to you and you deserve that. Yeah. Just like if you don't want to break up with somebody because you're afraid they'll never recover, you're not, you're, you got one foot out the door. That's not fair to them that nobody's getting you know, the feelings and the love that they deserve out of that relationship. So when any one person liberates themselves from a relationship like that, it actually is in the higher good of every party involved. And so, yeah, but it is, that is a pretty big mindset shift because it's real easy to get stuck in like what it feels like right this second. Yeah. And feel it to heal it. Here's what I want to ask you. Since, you know, I think this is a lifestyle and, and it's creating, it's a way of thinking, being, feeling spiritually. What what are some daily rituals or practices you have? You're human. You fall off track. What are you doing to 
to navigate? So I have quite a few practices that I engage in to sort of help keep myself clear. Um, I journal. I'm a very consistent journaler. Um, I was just out of town for like 10 days, but every single day I tried to write at least a little bit, even if it was just like so tired, barely can function, just like getting something out of my brain into my journal makes a massive difference in my life. Uh, I also have a meditation practice that I engage in. I try to meditate twice a day, but sometimes that's not possible. So once, you know, get it in there. One minute is better than no minutes, Yeah, you know? So my meditation, that helps really clear my head. Um, I have several physical practices, working out, you might call it, but (laughs) um, I have, you know, a yoga practice. I I do... um, I do my cardiovascular exercises, you know, I do my strength training and yes, that's all great for my body. That's all great for the vessel that I live in, but it's also clearing out, um, energy. It's moving energy around that gets stagnant. Um, I think movement, it doesn't have to be structured working out. That's my preference, but it doesn't have to be. It can be putting on your favorite song and dancing in your living room. Like that is movement. That is that is a spiritual practice that will help keep your energy in line. Um, other things I try to go out into nature, try to take walks, um, try to sit outside even for just a minute. Um, I used to live in a place where it was unbearably cold at times. And uh, I still tried. I still tried to get out. Thank God I had a dog. And so I had to. <laughs> but, you know, so it's practices like that that help me on the daily stay in check with myself and yeah so i have i have several things that i try to do because being human is messy well and the reason i like to ask that is because i don't think there's a cookie cutter there's not one right way to do this but the point is those of us doing this work and self-aware we're very mindful and intentional and that is how i think we create the change and and the peace and the abundance that we seek So here's what I want to ask you, what we touched on today with chakras and emotions, and what do you believe is a key takeaway you want listeners to get? That this is daily, ongoing work. The opportunity to do this work, even for just a few minutes every day, whatever the work looks like to you, Mm -hmm. the the gift is doing it. Um, One of my favorite sayings is, the means are the ends. The journey is the thing that will make you the person that you want to be, right? It's the day-to-day work. It's the process that is going to bring you the joy, not the results. And so I think that's a huge takeaway from everything that I do. Something, what you just mentioned there, I think it's also so important to celebrate ourselves along the way. And especially with my male clients, men suppressed energy and all these things, but they don't celebrate themselves. So celebrate the small wins, right? You, you did a five minute meditate. Good for you. High five. Amazing. Amazing. Great. Keep going. Yes. Yeah. Do another one tomorrow or do one minute tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like as long as you're doing, taking little baby steps forward, right? Even when it feels like you're going backwards, which it will. And that's okay. Yes. What is a quote or motto that you live by? Hmm. Again, I'm going to say like, (laughs) 
to quote a song, you know, life's a journey, not a destination. Like I really think people ask me all the time, well, where do you want to be? I was like, um, right here. Yeah. That, that where, where I want to be is where I am. What's your favorite thing to teach? Uh, whatever I'm teaching in that moment. Right. Like I think living in the journey and letting the go of the destination. I'm going to get to the destination. I might actually get to someplace better than where I thought I was going to go, but I can't do it if I'm not present in the moment that I'm in. Yeah. I think Abraham Hicks says something about you can't have a happy ending with an unhappy journey. That is correct. Yes. I think that's true. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Oh, I should just pull out my Kindle. I'm, I'm one of those people that always has like six books going at one time. Um, so let's have a little wake up here. I. Oh, I'm reading a really interesting book called The Art of Living a Meaningless Existence. Um, and it is it's sort of a journey through Western philosophy and all of the different um ideas that people have come up with. Um, and it, it's very, it's very Eurocentric, but it is, it's Western philosophy. Um, it's starting back with the Greek philosophers and then moving into some more of the, like Carl Jung, they touch on Freud, it's um, Nietzsche, all of that kind of stuff. And it's so fascinating because everybody's trying to answer the same question, which is what is the meaning of life? And the consensus seems to be the the meaning of life is that there there might not, the, is what you assign it. Yeah. The meaning of life is this meaning that you give it. And so I'm yeah. loving this book, even though I can only read a few pages at a time because it's so much for me to like think about. I read a page and then I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, the art of living a meaningless existence. It's amazing. Final question: What advice would you give your younger self? Do it. Do the thing. The thing that you're thinking of doing, go do it. Stop sitting back and playing it safe because in a year you'll either be right here or you'll be at the place you were going. So, I mean, every time I think about like, I don't want to go do this. I'm like, yeah, but in a year, in a year, like I'm going to want to look back and like, I don't, I don't want to say, where would I be now if I, if I'd done that thing a year ago, I wish I'd started it a year ago. There's too many things in my life already that I'm like, gosh, I wish I'd done that sooner. Right. And so now younger self go do it whatever it is take the risk do it it's gonna be fine such a great note to end on i love that and thank you for sharing sarah thank you so much for joining me today no my pleasure heather thank you so much for having me thanks for tuning into today's episode i'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends if you haven't yet connect with me on the social platforms You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.